What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-host, Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. You're, you're listening to the 239th episode of the podcast. Shreff and I were just talking about a few minutes ago how long it's been since we've talked to you guys. It's been a month since we've done our Jeopardy episode. It's been, you know how it is, summertime's approaching. Not approaching. Today actually was technically the first yeah. day of summer, I believe. Uh, and schedules are, you know, filled up. So it's it's difficult to get something like this together. But, you know, we haven't done a, a regular episode. Not that Jeopardies aren't regular because we've done plenty of them. Uh, where we just talk some football in quite a lot while. It's been even longer since the that month hiatus from Jeopardy. It's been since the draft recap. So Chef and I needed to come together and talk some football during this dormant time in the NFL offseason where not much is happening. Yeah, we're here. We are here, and today, Shref and I are going to be sharing some bold predictions that we have. If if anyone recalls from last summer, right around this time when you know we're starving for NFL news and whatnot, Jack and I did the same episode. I don't believe Jack came up with any. I think Jack's role in that episode was to grade mine. Um, and we'll do a similar exercise in this episode where we'll, Shref and I will be grading each other's and we'll do it a scale from one to 10, one being not. So we, we weren't sure how to rate them, whether it be no, how bold they are, or how likely they are to happen. But I Jack and I, Jack I and I came to the, Jack and I came to the conclusion that these numbers are probably inverses of each other. Like if you think it's eight on the boldness scale, Mm-hmm. probably like a two in terms Correct. of likeliness to happen. So we'll just go with the boldness uh, rating. I think, that's fair. I think that's fair. And one being not very bold at all and 10 being spicy hot. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will go from there. Shref came up with a little bit more than I did, but we'll start with him and I'm excited to see where this goes. I've, I have I only came up with three. Uh for the listeners to to know that but i again I, I was thinking about coming up with four but i didn't want to make one just for the sake of making one and these again they can't they're a little bit exaggerated from what i actually think will happen but that's the whole purpose of a bold take but i actually stand with these with some sort of conviction so that is my thought process behind making them um but nonetheless go ahead you can start us off with the first one yeah 
I'm excited for this. I, I, I agree with you that I think mine, I like it, it's, it's a take. They're all going to be takes that I, I know that there's a lot of other outcomes that could, you know, that could change how this goes. But I, I feel good about it. I'm excited. Like you said, there's nothing to talk about. So creating our own narratives to talk about is, is, is the way to do it. So I'm, I'm excited. All right. Let's hear it. I'm going to start with just in terms of overall likeness, I'm going to do the one that I think would be most likely first. Okay. That's my first bold take. There will be. Okay. You kind of broke up there, so I don't know oh, if you... Can you hear me now? Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, just start talking again. We'll see if we'll get okay. you back. Uh, my first take is there will be a 2000 yard receiver this year. Did you get it now? Okay. Yes. Okay. We, well, okay. That was it. We missed the whole take then, but we did get it now. Uh, there will be a 2000 yard receiver this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, how many, there's been two seasons, right? Of 17 games, right? Or has so, it been three? I think two. No, it's it, it, it's been two. I think there's been three where there's been seven playoff teams, but there's been two where there's been 17 games. I believe that's right. Because I think 2020 was the first year they expanded the playoff field to seven. I think um, right. And then there's been two of 17 games. And in that, Cooper Cup had, what, 1960-something? 1964, oh I believe it was. Yeah, and Jefferson last year. Jefferson was like eighteen last year, I believe. Right, and I'm just gonna fact now, check this. Can I, I can see how many games they actually played. Yeah, no, sorry, you can sorry you can back it up or whatever if you have any other notes regarding that take. But go ahead. Just to add to my prediction status here, I also listed three receivers um, that I think have a chance of doing it. Okay, so go ahead. one one obvious one, I have Justin Jefferson, and then I listed two. I think could fly under the radar towards it. The first one being CD lamb for the Cowboys. Mm. And my second one being Garrett Wilson of the jets. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Not Tyreek Hill. like team quarterback mixed with just like kind of target share and where I think it could work out. Um, CD has been getting continuously better every single year. And I think this is going to be a Cowboys offense that as long as Dak stays healthy, I think he's going to be throwing it all around the field this season. Um, Justin Jefferson's obvious. He's just kind of trending that way where he could do it any of these years. And then Garrett Wilson, I just, I really like his situation. I think he's the clear number one there with a quarterback that I think is going to kind of resurge a little bit. And I just trust that Jets team as a whole. So I, th- those were the three that came to mind for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if you heard me, but I, I, our question was maybe Tyreek Hill not on that list. Uh, for what reason for you? I, for me, it's more as much as I really like that team. Like, cause obviously I considered like Eagles options too and stuff like that. But I, I think the the closeness between Tyreek and Jalen Waddle is too much that I think both of them are going to be getting a somewhat equal amount of targets. That's a fair rebuttal. Um, yeah, I guess that would 
that logic would disclude Jamar Chase then as well. I, he was one I considered, and then immediately I thought about T. Higgins, and I was like, I don't know. Right. Um, I mean, if I were to you know have a rebuttal to that point, mm-hmm. I would say Tyreek Hill had, what, he had 1,710 yards last year. So yeah. he was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit just to, see, to go over the guys that were – close to it or as close as possible to it over the past two years and kind of what their numbers were exactly cup in 2021. He did not miss a game. I just wanted to see if he played 16 or actually did end up playing 17 games. He played all 17 uh, and he had 1947. So he's 53 yards short and uh, there's that. And then Jefferson last year played 17 games as well and had 1809. So he was about 191 short. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say it's like, I don't know. I probably would give it like a 5.5 or 6. That's what I figured. Sure. And that, that, that's kind of what I was feeling. That's why I did this one first. Because I think it's, it. While, while we haven't seen it happen in the last couple of years here, it seems like the league and just overall how offenses are, it, it's trending in the direction of we could be seeing it a little more frequently maybe in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was saying is like, it's really hard to envision a year like Cooper cups from 2021 being like outdone, but you know, there's, there's probably more passes each year Uh, with this extra game. It's just going to be more likely to happen. You know, cups year was, obviously super special winning the triple crown. He had 145 catches and 16 touchdowns to go along with his 1947 yards. So maybe the catches and the touchdowns won't be quite there, but maybe the yards could be outdone. Uh, so that's why I didn't want to get any, go any lower than like a six. Yeah. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me if it happened. So, and Hey, we've already seen a 2000 yard. We've seen plenty of 2000 yard rushers. So, um, That's a that's a crazy one. If we'll if we we'll ever see a two hundred thousand two thousand yard rusher again, probably. Yeah, that's but, very debatable. Very debatable. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one to start us off with. Um, nice, nice mild take to begin to begin the evening. Yeah. So I my bold takes aren't. I don't think I have any individual. Well, one's kind of an individual one, but it's it's parlayed with a team take. But they're mainly all team takes. Got it. Um, well, that's actually a good mix then, because I, I have one out of these three. Out of these three, I have left only one of them is a team take. So I'm gonna okay. have so it, it, it'll be a nice healthy mix. All right. So I will go with one that kind of, in some way, relates to yours mm-hmm. that you just shared. Um, and it's about the New York Jets. Ooh, I feel like I. Ooh, I don't know which way you're gonna go with this. So my bold take. The Jets finished last in the AFC East with an eight and nine record. That is my bold take. Um, I'll let let you share your initial thoughts and reaction to that. And then I'll kind of back up why I think that. Yeah. So this is, this is a double-edged sword and actually one of my, one of my throwaway takes that I had ready that I don't think I'm going to use also kind of relates to this in terms of what I'm going to answer with here. So, I'll start with why I disagree with it. I disagree with it because 
while I know that there's a lot of new moving pieces coming in, especially surrounding the quarterback position, I, I look at the defense from last year and I just look of the overall talent of the team, not even considering the quarterback position. And to me, it, it has the makeup of what, what could be a playoff team with even like average quarterback play. So then at that point for me, I'm looking at the quarterback position and obviously a lot's going to be riding on if Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, basically. Um, I think his last couple years in Green Bay were filled with one lack of talent surrounding him, I think, at a lot of times, um, but also what seemed to pretty clearly be a, a bit of a disconnect between maybe ownership and him, um, which probably never helps. But um, I think he's in what is a perfect place now. And really the big reason is just like the defense as a whole. I think no matter what, I think that defense is going to show up and be a top unit. Now, the reason why I think uh, I could somewhat get on the same page as you is just because of that division as a whole. It, it's not going to be an easy schedule. Obviously, with Rodgers there now, you got a lot of primetime games coming up. Like this is, it, 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 It's not going to be just a cakewalk to get into the playoffs. And I could easily see a bit of a, maybe a bit of a losing streak hitting just you know, with the way the schedule shakes out and everything. Um, so with all that being said, if I was going to give you a rating on the boldness of the take, I think I'm going to be laying, um, it's probably, I'll, I'll I'd give it like a, like a six and a half or a seven, somewhere closer, close to mine. Just because like I said, while I personally see a lot of reasons why I think the Jets will be good, I can also understand just with that division. And also, like I said, with all the moving pieces surrounding this team and all the freshness that's going to be here, I could see an early, you know, an early struggle for sure. Right. Okay. And, and the point you just brought up was my first bullet point here. It's a mm-hmm. tough division or at least a tougher division than Aaron Rodgers is used to. Um, you know, throughout his tenure at Green Bay, whatever that was, fifth, around 15 years or so, maybe a little less than that. But Lions and Bears, I mean, you know, the Bears made that NFC Championship game one year. But for the most part, those are bottom-dweller teams, you know? Uh, yeah, it was an unconditional So, used to having, like, four automatic wins in the division. And the, and the Vikings, they've had their good years and bad years. So, mm-hmm. I, I'd say... Five and one, six and zero oh in the division is is like what the norm is for him, right? And and there's no bottom feeders in this division. I know the Bills have had their share of like drama over the past like two or three weeks or so, but again, they're still the Bills. They're super talented, yep. both ends of the ball. I mean, I think people. It's it's interesting with the Bills, and I don't want to turn this into a Bills discussion. But last year, I feel like the pendulum swung too far in like overrating the Bills. Like they were the Super Bowl favorite going to the year. Um, people were, you know, fresh off of that really insane. Oh, we have a surprise oh. visitor. <laughs> wow. Jack's hey. popped in. Jack said he couldn't uh-huh. record tonight, but he's making a surprise appearance. Yeah, I got some time. Uh, this is like when a. Hop uh, in. This is like when All a right. person gets on a TV show and like the. The audience like claps and goes nuts like the audience yeah <laughs> too bad we don't have that soundboard yeah uh, uh so jack just, yeah we're uh, we'll, we'll recap for you we're right in the middle of our second one but Shref's first bolt chef went first um and his first one was just give an initial rating at first his was that there will be a 2000 yard receiver this year um i'll like what's is 10 the it's 10's very bold and the boldest yes yeah 10 was spicy hot and one is uh flavorless yeah. yeah uh i'm gonna say three 
Ooh. Mm, okay. I gave it a 5.5 slash 6. Well, Jack, Jack, does it change your mind if we say that uh, in, in Cooper Cup's 2021 season, he did not have 2,000 receiving yards? Uh, no, I knew that. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'm just like, cause, Why would my mind? Cause one of the things that Mitchell and I brought up is like thinking about like that Cooper cup season. It, it feels like crazy that, that, that wasn't 2000 yards. Uh, yeah, like, it's can not, you envision that? Like that yeah. being, uh, that being outdone, that's only a three to you. Well, there's just a lot of guys that I feel like can do it. Like Jefferson is on the trajectory, he went 1400 yards, 1600 yards, 1800 yards. I listed I mean, two other names. I listed two other names. Yeah, he gave, he gave Hill. He gave three. Hill. I gave he Justin Jefferson. Was closest last year. I gave Justin Jefferson, and then I gave two guys who are, I think, under the radar who could who could maybe pull it out. And it was uh, C.D. Lamb was one. And then another one was a, a lot more, but Garrett Wilson was my other one, I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that is... Uh... That's bold. There we go. I mean, Tyreek Hill was close last year. But Mm -hmm. going back to Cooper Cup, uh, I don't think people realize this. And I I heard this, and I don't remember where. Brad, I could just look it up and figure out myself. But Cooper Cup was on pace to break his 2021 yardage total in 2022 before he got hurt. And he played, what, half the season? So he's another player that could be well in the mix again. there's just a lot of guys and it's becoming more increasingly passing uh of a passing league so i don't think it's too bold it's still bold we will bump it up to a four. Oh my gosh you guys want to hold on one second i'm trying to find cooper cup real quick uh where's game logs sorry in 20 you want to go 22 stats well, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, Cooper Cup. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was sorry. I was looking at Justin Jefferson. I got mixed up. I'm I'm interested to know if there was one game that Cup got hurt in and only had like ten yards. If you remove that, what would be his yards per game pace? And it's probably yeah, you're right. It's probably right on pace with 2021. Yeah. Um. What uh. That was Treff's. Mitchell, did you have one? Yeah, we were in the middle of talking it out, um, and Treff disagrees. And he gave it, what, a six, right? Is that what you said, Treff? I think six. Yeah. Um, mine was, I mean, you probably already know it, Jack, but it was the Jets finished last in the AFC East with an eight and nine record. Um, pretty bold. I'm kind of, I think I'm, I agreed with your take. I think I'm buying a little bit more into the offseason hype of the Rodgers and everything. Um, but I wouldn't, still wouldn't be too surprised if they missed the playoffs. There's just so many good teams in the AFC. Right. Um, and, and yeah. So I'll, I'll, I was in the middle of my reasoning when you, when you okay. hopped in here. So I'll continue with that. Um, Shref mentioned, you know, he kind of went, he kind of, Supported both sides of the argument. He's he's more on the side of that they'll do well. Um, but it is a tougher division that Rodgers is used to. I was just saying how 5-1, and 6-0 in the division was the norm with how bad the Lions and Bears were all those years for the majority of his tenure in Green Bay. Minnesota, you know, 
they probably would split or there'd be years probably where they swept them. And there's no bottom feeders in this division. We were, I was just singing the praises of the bills, how I thought that maybe last year they were kind of, people were too high on them. Um, and then maybe this year they're a little too low on them. Um, Dolphins, super talented roster, good play calling coach. And I know we've kind of critiqued the Patriots and said how their roster is, you know, pretty void of talent. But again, I mean, they finished eight and nine last year and they were 10 and seven the year before. They're not a team that like is just a walk in the park when you play them, you know, it, they're they're not going to, you know, I we don't see them making like waves in the AFC, but they're a team that's going to be competitive in around 500 for the most part. So again, tough division. I I've had the argument for Aaron Rodgers falling off. He's going to be 40 in December. He had the lowest yards of attempt, second lowest of his career as a starter at yards of attempt at 6.8 last season. Highest interception rate at 2.2. Uh, second highest, excuse me again, as a starter. Lowest QBR of his career last season. Um, and again, just just for the cherry on top, Shref kind of alluded to it. Uh, the last thing he said there when he was saying his feel about the Jets. But their beginning of the schedule is brutal. You guys want to know what it is? You, you may already kind of know what it is. But you start off the season versus Buffalo. You go at Dallas. Then you get New England at home. You, you have Kansas City at home. You go to Denver. And then you host Philadelphia. And then you have a bye week. But then after that, you have at the Giants and then versus the Chargers. Now, they could win some of those games. But still, I look at their first six games. Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, and Philadelphia. I think they win two of those games. Starting out two and four. Then you got two games against playoff teams last year and the Giants and the Chargers. It's a rough schedule. I think if, if things go wrong, which again, at Denver early on in the year, that's a that could be a sneaky game too. Then New England is, like I said, not a walk in the park by any means. Well, the Denver game, it, is that in September by chance or is that in October? Because doesn't Denver have like this really oddly incredible record at home in September? They do. It's not. It's in October. Oh, okay. um, but still, I mean, if you see it going that way, and they're two and four, one and five. I mean, could we see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers is just like, I could see this being a mess very quickly. It's not like the Jets are the most stable franchise in the NFL. So I think things, you know, it does get easier throughout the year. I mean. I mean, not that much easier. Then after New York and Chargers, you get Vegas, which could be easy. But then you got Buffalo and Miami back-to-back. You got to play Miami again. You got to go to at New England, at Cleveland. Like, there's some tough games here on this schedule. Um, And I don't know. Gun to my head, I'm not actually going to have the Jets in last in the division. I'll probably have them third. But again, I could see it happening. That's why I put it on here. Yeah, that's fair. I just keep coming back to their defense, though. At the end of the day, like I think their defense, just as a baseline, is 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 going to be good enough to put them in the position they need to be to win games pretty frequently. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Shref, let's move on to your back second to me? one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, let's do this one. We'll get a little more bold. 
Um, this one I have a name for. Uh, I called it. Uh, I called it the Smith Takeover. Um, so, Do you guys hear me? Yeah, we can yes. hear. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, why? Because I was I was saying another point, and then Mitchell just completely talked over me and said, "All right, Trev, what's your next one?" Oh, well, I, I I don't know if I heard oh, that part of it. But no, I, I I didn't hear that part either. Yeah, Sorry. but then we heard the. Uh, it's fine. I don't even remember what I was going to say. It's probably good though. Oh wait, okay. I, I do remember now. The Jets are a very unstable franchise historically. Well, probably maybe one of arguably the most unstable, I guess, in the last what thirty years. But uh, Robert Sala seems. Like he's a good one, so mm-hmm. that's the rebuttal that. I have there. Anyway, uh, continue on. What's the Smith one? Smith thing you got? Smith takeover? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a little bit um, of there's a little bit of Eagles bias in here, but then I, I lumped it in with something else to kind of even it out. Um, so the Smith takeover, Devontae Smith will be an All Pro wide receiver this season, and Geno Smith will be an All Pro quarterback this season. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to give reasoning first, or do you want to give me a rating before I explain? I feel like rating before, before the explanation might be better just for the boldness of it. I'll give. Ten. We'll give. We'll give ratings. You give your reasoning, and then I'll give a rebuttal. Ten. Ooh. Uh. Hmm. I. If you kept it at Devonte Smith. I would say it's around like a 6.5 or 7. But you're parlaying them both. That's why oh, I'm parlaying them. It's the Smith takeover, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to go 9. Um, oh, what I wanted. Just because, you know, so I've I've had mixed feelings about Geno Smith. There was a mm-hmm. portion of this offseason so far, like early on, where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to translate over into his second year as a full-time starter. Like, do I really believe that this is going to continue? Now I'm now I'm kind of more in the like okay I could definitely see him still having a really good year. Uh, I am kind of high on the Seahawks. I think you know their defense could be really coming together in this this off season with the additions that they made, especially through the draft. Uh, and I do like them as a team, but it's just really hard. There's so many good quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, yeah, he's got to be a top four quarterback to make an All Pro team. Yeah, so that's uh, it's tough to see. So that's why I'm going to go with nine. But yeah, go ahead. All right. So I'll start with I'll start with Gino. Um, so me for Gino, the way I think about it, one is this past season. It wasn't a situation where it was like a bunch of like fluky games and like fluky throws strung together. Like Gino Smith was like playing the quarterback position at a very, very high level last year. Like accuracy all over the field was winning more games than any. Like I feel like I, th- I think all three of us had the Seahawks near the bottom of our uh standings last year when we did our um it's also just uh for me going into this season now it's what i saw last year and the fact that he did that um or not being traded but like having drew lock get there winning the job over him and like clearly being like ready for that moment and like ready to step into it um i don't see like i, I think just another off season of getting really used to the playbook and getting used to how to run that system, I think can only can only be helpful for him. And then on top of that, you obviously add in the fact that you have uh, your two bookends offensive tackles are both going into their second year. Now after putting on what I would consider to be a pretty, pretty solid rookie season for two tackles, which is not a very common thing. 
Um, you have to assume that's only going to get better. I think he's going to have a monster season. And, I mean, for fantasy purposes, it sucks, but adding Zach Charbonnet to the mix to kind of, you know, duo with Kenneth Walker, I, I just think this offense has a pretty high outlook, and I think Gene is going to be a big reason for that. So. I I can definitely foresee a, a possible outcome where that happens. Devontae Smith, for me, I, I think it's just kind of been heading this way, and I think it's going to continue to head this way. Where, I mean, I mean, I, I know Jack had his had his thoughts about him uh, after the draft happens, but I um, but I think it's pretty it, it's hard to doubt at this point that he's not you know becoming a top guy in the league. Um, just gets open constantly, just is open constantly. That's really like. Best compliment I can give him, I think, is that he's just always open. His route running is ridiculous for how small he is. He plays pretty big, honestly, when it comes to contested catches. Um, and I also think just in that situation with A.J. Brown, I think as defenses kind of, you know, figure out more and more what they like to do, I think A.J. is a guy who you're maybe going to see get a little more attention than Monte, even though I don't know if that should be the case. But I think he's going to continue to be able to thrive off of that. And as long as they keep giving him one-on-one looks, I don't – I. I think it's just going to keep going. So I, I mean, I envision big things for him this year. So he's the one that I'm definitely more confident in doing, uh, besides uh, outside of Gino. But I'm going to parlay him just to just to get real spicy with it for you guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you with Devonte Smith. I was super super high on him coming out of college. Um, I mean, this was an incorrect take, but I de- I had. Devonte Smith ranked higher than Jamar Chase in my fantasy rankings his rookie year. Um, I like that I just I, I did. Um, and I mean, you know, I didn't actually have the opportunity to select either one of those guys. Um, however, if I did and I, and I did make that selection, uh, Smith over Chase, I mean, obviously it would kind of hurt because you'd rather have Chase on your fantasy mm-hmm. team. You but it's not. No, it, it's not like you. It would be like I. I was. I was one of those people that took Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um. Go. And that that's something that hurt. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I I ended up. I still have Jonathan. I I acquired Jonathan Taylor later on. So. Uh, and also, I've I passed on. Uh, I don't have AJ Brown anymore, but I passed on him for Nikhil Harry back in 2019. Oh, ended yeah. up getting. Ended up getting him as well later on. But <laughs> I I digress. Back to the point. Love Devonte Smith. Um, improved tremendously in a sophomore season uh, in the NFL. And you could easily see that trajectory where he catches a hundred balls and has, you know, nearly 1300 yards. And you never know. He had seven touchdowns last year. He could have threatened double digit touchdowns. So it's certainly a possibility. Um, And I, I don't know. I really like, I'm I'm coming around to Geno Smith. I won't say I like, I'm in, I'm in love with him, but at the same time, I mean, this is, this, that was such a, unprecedented turnaround oh yeah you know i I mean this is a guy that had more interceptions than touchdowns prior Mm -hmm. to last season and then he almost had tripled the amount of touchdowns and he had interceptions like this is kind of completely out of left field it is crazy and uh, you also think about his college career and like how good he was in college and like it 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 kind of feels like he might have just found the right system that he can kind of unleash that talent that he had late late in his very late in his career but somehow right uh yeah, and if that could happen, who am I to say that he can't make All Pro next year? So, uh, 
I, when you initially said the Smith takeover, I thought you were going to say Geno Smith, the Jackson Smith and Jigba was going to be some um, type of like nah. combination. But, uh, but yeah, the only reason I had a nine is just Jack and I said it initially, but there's just so many good quarterbacks in the league. So he would really have yeah. to have another, another, uh, unforeseen ascension mm-hmm. even from this level. So, sure. yeah. Any comments, Jack, before we move on? Uh, real, I mean, small comment off that, like with Gino Smith, like the step up he made from 21 and prior to 22, like it would have to be like an equivalent step, step up from 22 to 23 to get into that stratosphere, which makes me feel like it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I love Gino though. I, I'm rooting for him. It's my fancy team. Um, it, it it also goes back to like how I was talking about the Jets and like how I go back to their defense. I just like it that that off that Seahawks offense is so enticing to me to what the ceiling of that could be. Like it it it, it feels like something that could be very very good. So it's uh, as much of a bet as it on as it is on Geno. I I think it's more of an overall bet on just what this offense is going to look like as a whole. Yeah. I um. I have come with two bold takes. Uh, oh, wow. Could I, could I give them, and then uh, I think I'll have to go. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. My first one uh, kind of relates to mm, – it's similar – not similar. Somewhat related to Mitchell's Jets one, but um, for the first time ever in NFL history, four teams – from one division will make the playoffs and that is the AFC North. Oh. How is that related to the Jets at all? About I mean, if that happens, the Jets gotta be bad. Yeah. A true. lot of teams okay. gotta be bad. We're take, we're leaving out the Jets, leaving out probably the Dolphins or the Bills if the Dolphins win the division. Um we're leaving out the Chargers. The Broncos have some Maybe. hope and they're yeah. So there's like three legitimately good teams we're leaving out with the we'll say that theoretically the Dolphins, Jets, Chargers, plus teams that could be frisky and like the Broncos or maybe even the Patriots and the whole uh, uh, the South too, just ignoring. I mean, like, yeah, some teams in there got a shot. I think like the Jags, obviously. No, I mean they need no. a division winner, but um, I don't know. It, I guess it's they, an, it's interesting, but. Yeah. I've, ooh, I'm gonna give that a just because of how unprecedented it would be. I think it's a nine. Uh hmm. I'll I'll go with uh eight. I, I, I think it's it's pretty bold. Uh and I mean I think the Browns could take a walk. Well, that's, that's my that's my so thought. That's on that, what I was right? gonna say. What, what's interesting to me is that I don't necessarily like. I there's a a very real possibility that I like that that could happen, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because I like I like what those four teams look like as of right now. But besides the Bengals, I also wouldn't be surprised to see any of those other three teams miss the playoffs, which is where it gets interesting. Yeah, that's a good point, and like they're all. Yeah, I, I they're all good on paper, um, mm-hmm. and like 
roster wise and like coaching and team wise, whatever, like if they were independently in other divisions, it wouldn't be crazy to put any of them in the playoffs. But the, the yeah. fact they're all in the same division, they got to play each other. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cannibalizing itself. And uh, so you got to think they're good enough. And then it, it, other stuff's got to work out, you know, who be two and everything. So it, it is very tricky. Like in my official prediction, I wouldn't predict it to happen. Um, I wouldn't leave the Browns out. Uh, I guess to make an argument for the Browns, I think they've had a great offseason, good offseason, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson on their defensive line. It's an underrated signing. I think no one's really talking about that. Elijah Moore is the bigger, bigger splash mm-hmm. agency or trade they made. And from like a top level point of view, um, I, I feel like Kevin Stefanski may be feeling his seat's getting a little hot. He doesn't do something this year. And I do think he there's a good coach in, in there. So, and I mean, even um, more obvious, Deshaun Watson's seat too. Like he's got a. You'd have to imagine I, he'll better this year, but we'll see. Right, and I I'm obviously not rooting for him, but like, mm-hmm. make the argument yeah. for him to be better this year. Like it's kind of we're we're more removed from his past, so I, he's maybe in a better mental space to put it in the rear view. Um, just more familiarity in the system in Cleveland. So that could argument, it's an army in his favor. So O-line's still good too. Like they do, they still have a good roster. Like they did like back in 2020, just they put Deshaun Watson to Breaker Mayfield. So um, I don't know. I got I, I like on paper, like I feel like the Browns should make the playoffs if they're in like a if they if if you put the Browns in the South in the AFC South, they're the, they're the best team. Would you have them in? Don't even know if I'd have them in. They're definitely the second best in the South. I think they are close to the Jags. They've been the off-season champs for uh, the past four seasons. So that's also a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, so the, the they're the on paper champs uh, of the off season, and I think they can take a hike. So I'm not really concerned about them. Uh, yeah, but I mean, again, I I have I have three teams in the North making it right as of right now. So you know that, that's why I, I have it because it is it is unprecedented as well. Yeah. Um, what is your second one? My second one is who wins the Caleb Williams lottery in 2023. Oh, oh j- just um, before you, before you say who it is, I I have another. I have one of those as well. I I, I kind of figured I hope I, someone would have it. I wonder if it's the same team. That'd be interesting. But we gotta be a little bold, so I gotta I think, think about. Obvi- now I gotta think. The obvious ones, I think, Cardinals. Um. Well, it's not going to be like. I think the Raiders could be kind of an obvious one. Manders, uh, Rams, but I'm choosing none of those teams. I'm choosing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I was exactly thinking of. <laughs> Mitchell, is this yours? No. Okay. Um, they got Baker Mayfield at the helm. He stinks. 
Kyle Trask is there too. You can see some of him this year. Uh, I don't like you, you can see some of the framework of this Super Bowl winning roster from two years ago still there, but it just feels a lot different. Um, Elephant is out of the room. Tom Brady is no longer there and replacing him with like the worst quarterback duo, I guess, quarterback room in the league, maybe. Um, so that's the biggest thing. Uh, I, I'm not rooting for it. Mike Evans on my fantasy team, I feel like he kind of took a step back last year despite still having a thousand yards. Like he had some like uncharacteristic drops and it was kind of weird. Um, Chris Godwin can't really seem to stay on the field. Leonard Fournette's gone, so they have Rashad White, who I kind of like, but he's unproven. Um, I don't know, the defense, like the defensive line doesn't excite me too much anymore. Um, linebackers are still like top of the league with Avante David and Devin White. Isn't one of them have like contract dispute or something like maybe they could be a trade candidate midway through the season if things go Devin south white, Devin white uh has been hinting at the fact that there might be a trade coming but I don't okay know. um so i could see it kind of kind of not going well in tampa and uh, i don't know i don't think i have much faith in todd bulls uh, i was just gonna really go well in with the He's jets back. yeah what was that probably like five ish years ago and uh I don't know. I, I think he's just bet, best fit to be a D coordinator. I mean, he took over for Arians. Mm-hmm. Would this be his third year? No, this will be his second year as head coach, right? Bulls? Because Arians so. had the Super Bowl year in 2020, and then did he do another 2021 and then step down? I think that's what happened. I'm, I think this is his third year coming up because I feel like going into this offseason, there was like we had kind of thought that there was a chance he might get hand which makes me think that it would have been more it would make more sense if it was after a second year that we had talked about it i no, i because arians had the 2020 super bowl and then i feel like he had another year and then that's where it was like the conspiracy brady arians riff and then like they made arians go away and brady stayed so i don't know things didn't go well for bulls last year um yeah, I don't, I don't have much faith in him. So I, I could see things kind of falling apart. In a division that is, like, bad, and, like, the other teams are going to be so competitive to get that division win um, to make the playoffs because it's there for the taking. So, uh, yeah, maybe they can be 2-14, and 14, 15. Yeah. 3-14, uh, yeah. You know, it's not the strongest division, so they could stack up some wins there. That's something. But oh, we didn't give it a rating. Um, I would the it's bold just because you're picking one out of thirty two teams technically, so that makes it bold. But in terms of who I think is like most likely to get it, I don't think it's that bold. So I, I'll, I think that's like a five. I'll give it a five. I'll give it a. Uh... I'll give it a five as well. I think that's a good rating. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a good team for certain. I just don't, I don't think they're, they're going to be quite that level. Um, but it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Baker has not proven anything to where he can, I think can carry this team to like seven, eight wins. So I would anticipate them having 
five or less. I'll probably have them around four or five, but I just don't, I don't think that'll be quite enough. But again, it's, it's a, a team with some aging guys to where if it did go that way and they maybe think they have a chance, they could start to deal them off mm-hmm. and then be even worse down the yeah, stretch. So but I yeah. kind of think, yeah, that, that, that certainly could happen. Um, so that's why I would go with five. Uh, should I just kind of transition into mine? Cause it's the same lines. Uh, yeah, yeah I do have to go, but I'll hear it real quick. Cause it's related. All right, here it is. After winning just three games and having the worst record in the league, always going games too. I like it. The Las Vegas Raiders oh. hold the first pick in the 2024 draft and reserve the right to select Caleb Williams and Josh McDaniels is fired before the season ends. Mm. Well, the second part of that is I don't think it's bull at all. <laughs> yeah, I just threw that in there yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, that part of it's a one. So, so again, uh, you know what? Give your give your ratings first, then I'll, then I'll then I'll kind of explain the scenario. Um, uh, I think it's less bold than mine. So I'll give it like a four, three, three to four range. I'd actually, I'm going to say it's a little, a little more bold just because, mm. just because of the fact that McDaniels is clearly going to be like really coaching for his job, I think. And uh, while I don't like the, the, the makeup of their team doesn't exactly excite me all, all too much, but I, for some reason I still like put them above the bucks in my mind. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a six, but it's still, it's, it, it's not overly bold, but it's, it's a six. So I'll say one thing first, Streff. I don't think it matters how hard Josh McDaniels well, coaches. He still stinks. No I, ju- what. I just I don't, I don't think, think I don't think he has it no matter what. So good. I mean, we have to remember this is the only guy that gave Jeff Saturday the most unqualified head coach in NFL history, his only win. So yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you know, he he's never been good. He was terrible. He was terrible in Denver a decade ago. This year, oh, all right, you know, maybe he's had a he's had a decade with New England again and you know, let's uh, let's see if he's changed. Nope, went six and eleven last year, so it's not like anything really changed. Um, now, in order for this to happen, I think sir, some things would have to unfold. Number one, either there's been rumblings of Jimmy Garoppolo is going to pass a physical mm-hmm. um, to even yeah, that's a, that, that's a weird situation, it, I guess. It, yeah, it definitely it, it definitely is murky. Even if he does, he has been far from the most durable guy. He could easily get hurt. And I mean, I checked their depth chart. They got Brian Hoyer next and Aiden O'Connell. Um, so uh, that is a recipe for disaster. Josh, can you Jacobs, tell me who Aiden O'Connell is? Yeah, he was the Purdue quarterback. Drafted in the fourth round. Oh, right. Trev, who is it? That, that white guy on Duke in 2018? Alex O'Connell, you're thinking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Dan- right, I thought you were going to say Daniel Jones. Uh <laughs> Josh Jacobs has expressed his uh, unhappiness for quite a while now. Uh, and that situation is still like up in the air. Like, you know, if he holds out, which I feel like Le'Veon was still, and I guess Melvin Gordon for four games were the only guys to actually follow through with their words on that. But still, he can't be happy. Um, who knows what happens there? If he gets hurt, does he kind of just say, oops, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm still not feeling great. And he just kind of pulls a Kawhi and sits out you know, for an extended amount of time. 
Devontae Adams is a is an older receiver on a on a team where if these things did happen, trade does he request a trade if the season kind of goes awry? So there's certain things that yeah, with their if everyone was healthy and happy with their money and whatnot, do I think they win three games? No. But at the same time, you know, these guys have some question marks. So I think this is a this is a wild card team in my opinion. Everyone's thinking Texans, everyone's thinking the Cardinals. I actually don't think the Cardinals are going to be as bad as people think they are. Uh, I think that, I mean, this is, I don't want to turn it into another one with the Cardinals, but I, I, I ultimately think that Kyler could come back earlier than people anticipate. And if he's back, you know, he may not be a hundred percent with all his athleticism, you know, cause he's still recovering from an ACL tear. People say they are. So, I think the Raiders are a sneaky one to to hold one on one next year. Uh, all right, Jack, do you have to go? I do. I must sign off. Okay. Thanks for hopping in. This was a great surprise. This was, and uh, best of luck in the rest of the episode. Thanks. Bye, Jack. See you. Um. Okay. I, I was surprised you gave it higher than Jack's. Yeah, I don't. It just when when I when when you guys both said you had predictions, I started thinking, and like the first team that popped into my head was the Bucks. Hmm. So it, that, okay. that's, that's just kind of how it worked. But I there's very real possibility that what you said could definitely happen. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So you have two more, I believe. I have one more. So we'll go you, and then me, and then one with you. So go ahead. Um. Well, since we talked about the Bucks, I'll do. I'll do an NFC South related one first. Oh man, mine's NFC South related too. Oh boy. Well, let's see. We hopefully maybe we're on the same page and then we can just talk about them the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so this is a two-parter. Um I'm going to say that the Panthers win the NFC South. Okay. And I'm going to say that Frank Reich is your coach of the year. Okay. I uh... I'll go with uh, I don't know. The parlays what make you know well mm-hmm. I'm you know not really I like though. doing the parlays. If the Panthers win the South that, that was my thought and they, and they the look South good and they, and they look good. That's where yeah. You know, that's some positive correlation. That's how a guy like Dable wins wins coach of the year. Right, right, right. So those are some like events that if one happens, the other's more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll give I'll give it a f- uh, five. That's fair. It's it just the South is very wide open, other than the Bucks, because I don't think they really have a realistic chance. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We th- we felt the same way about the Seahawks last year. And yeah, that's what I mean. They that's make the playoffs. So I don't think it's bold enough because you you just never know. Uh, that's why that's why they play the games mm-hmm. um but but yeah i i like the panthers um i think they i think they're the third as i was checking this the other day i think they're the third favorite to win the south at plus 350 well, there you go so you know, that, that, that's why it's that, bold too then technically but that that's value yeah i i think that's great value especially in a division where like you know in my opinion i think you no, I I don't want to ruin it for my my bold take here, but okay. I I do think the Panthers are good value. 
I think the Saints are the worst value in that for sure. Agreed. They're the favorite right totally now. So agree. I think we're on the same page in this division, it seems. Yeah, not quite, but but I do like the Panthers. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. Um yeah. Anything you also want to touch on specifically regarding yeah, the Panthers I was just in their expand offseason? A little bit. There, there, there were a few thoughts that went into this. So in terms of just the team winning the South as a whole, to start, I know you and I are both big Bryce Young supporters. Um I really like I I know the height's gonna continue to be a question until he actually steps out there and starts making plays. I have all the faith in the world that he's gonna make those plays. Um and I think he's gonna do it pretty pretty early on. Um I really liked as much as I'm gonna miss him, I really liked the addition of Miles Sanders to that backfield, especially with Deuce Staley as your assistant coach slash running backs coach. You get them kind of back together cooking again. I I think it's gonna work out well. And then Chuba Hubbard is your backup. I I I think that's a good tandem they can use uh you know at their disposable at their disposal there we go the receiving core is definitely underwhelming um but i think there's potential there especially with jonathan mingo if if bryce young and him like being in the same draft class can kind of get on the same page early i think that's something that we could see work out very well and then all of a sudden like your you know thielen dj chark terrace marshall those guys can kind of slot into what i would say should be their more preferred receiver positions you know um so that would work out well the offensive line is young and getting better. Ikki Aquano, uh, Taylor Moten, both younger guys. Um, Austin Corbett, I think. I forget how recently they got him, but he's not bad either. Um, but the offensive line is young and getting better. You bring in Hayden Hurst, really good receiving tight end. And then the defense is just loaded with young talent. Not just talent, but like young, young talent. Ryan Burns is what, like 26, I think, still. Eric Brown, I think, is 25. Uh, you have Dante Jackson, who's still, I think, like 27. J.C. Horn is arguably one of the best young cornerbacks in the game. Um, and then they brought in Von Bell. Was that this offseason, I believe, as well? Yep. That's a nice little quality signing that I think went went under the radar a bit. So just from a roster perspective, I like it a lot. And then to piggyback that with Reich, I think that's a guy that got uh, a real short end of the stick in terms of how the Colts were kind of doing their business. Obviously, he probably had a good amount to do with bringing in Carson Wentz the first time around. Um, but... You know, uh, I also think that Wentz didn't really do that man any favors at any point during that season. Um, so I feel like just just pretty plagued with some, you know, roster construction issues, along with the offensive line just kind of like forgetting how to play for a season. Um, I don't know if he, if we, you know, uh, rag on him for that or anyone, but either way, I, I think he was dealt a bad hand, and now I think that he gets to go in there with a young quarterback that he can kind of mold to his liking. I believe they brought Josh McCown in as well, um, who I think could pretty quickly become a you know a bigger name in terms of maybe working his way up the ranks. Um, so yeah, I just I it's definitely an on paper type of thought, but I also think that there's just a lot of young talent that I think Reich has the the knowledge and the wherewithal to do what should be done with them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Everything you said is very valid. I I may be a fool for saying this and I may be biased for saying this, but because mm-hmm. I have Terrace Marshall on my dynasty team, but mm-hmm. I still hold out hope for him. No, I do too. I do too. Uh, you know, when they, his first year plagued with injuries, didn't play much at all, kind of fell behind in the developmental process. Mm-hmm. Second year, start off the year again, hurt again, didn't really get involved in the offense. Matt rule did not feature him whatsoever. Then Steve Wilkes comes in, and not that he blew the doors off of anything, but you definitely saw an uptick of targets. 
you know, looks in the red zone, whatnot. I think he only scored one touchdown, but still definitely getting more involved when Matt rule was gone. So maybe it was a Matt rule thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's stupid to buy into the trap of like off season hype because I've seen a couple beat reporters kind of hyping him up a little bit, but that's kind of their, you know, they, they, they like to do that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it all comes down to how he's, how he's looking in a couple months, but I, I I still think there's potential there. He's, he's came in very young as a rookie. He was drafted as a 20 year old. Um, so he, he's only just turning 23, still a lot of potential there. Um, and Ming, I like Ming still there too. Yeah. So it's not, there's no, there's no, I mean, Adam Thielen was once proven, but he's older now, Yeah. but there's there's, no, there's at this point in time, there's no guys that are, you can count on for production, but you know, it's, I mean, there's, there's some targets for someone to step up. There's a lot of targets for someone to step up. There's opportunity and there's some reason for optimism. I'd say Mm -hmm. Uh, running game could be good. Miles Sanders, great addition. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't hate it at all. I'll move into mine because it's along the similar theme. I like how we're kind of building off of one another in terms of like, because they're still like in, kind of intertwined. Some are in support of, some are against mm-hmm. the bold take. So I, I like how it's kind of playing out here. Um, but here it is. I like to paint a picture with mine too as well. So here, here it goes. Yeah. Behind a 2,000 all-purpose yard season from Bijan Robinson, Mm. The Falcons win the NFC South, finish with double-digit wins. So not only do they win a weak division, like by eight and nine, nine and eight, they get double-digit wins, and they're the second seed in the NFC. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. So the first part, not too bold, because I mean, I'll like, I, I'll say now when we do our predictions and stuff, I'll I'll probably have the Panthers and the Falcons within like a game or two of each other. So I can like, I, I see how, how your mind's working there. Um, Ijan, I also, you know, I love him. So definitely in the cards where it's interesting is the, is the second in the NFC. Um, That's interesting. Cause that means that you have, that means you, that means there's one team in your mind. That's going to, it's going to be above them all. Um, Second in the NFC, I think, moves it to like a, to like an eight for me, an eight or a nine. But like it, it, it would be a ten if it wasn't for the first couple parts of that, because it, because those parts I can see. Okay. Um, yeah. Do Do you want some of my reasoning first before you? No, I'll, I'll yeah, kind of you know, back I, it up. I, I want to so, hear where you're coming from. I've been very, very pleased with how the mm-hmm. offseason for the Atlanta Falcons has unfolded. Agreed. I, you know, you look right from the start, right? I think they were what seven and ten last year, something yes, like that. I believe so. Let me just check real quick. I'm I'm almost positive they were seven and ten last year. Whatever, I don't have to fact check that right now. Anyway, I'll go back to this. Mm-hmm. And then you look. What do they do? Right? They look at their current roster construction, and they they took care of guys that had good years for them. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, all pro season last year, one of the turned into one of the best guards in the league and they extend them five years, a hundred million. Some would say that's a, that's a lot for a guard, but I think I'll disagree with with it. Yeah. You reward the guys that are homegrown that balled out Mm -hmm. and 
look to be a part of this team for the next, you know, future for the foreseeable future. Right. Yep. Especially with Lindstrom specifically, I think that, you know, with the way this team is constructed, you invest in, you know, they somewhat got clowned upon, you know, selecting a running back eighth overall, yada, yada, yada. That's the, this is the identity of this team. Mm-hmm. I think the way that they can run the ball, uh, Arthur Smith. Sky's the limit. I think, I mean, Arthur Smith, I sometimes I get annoyed by him because he seemed a little whiny to me. Is he winning coach of the year then? Uh, if this was there. if this was the case, then yes. There we go. So yeah. I just I still think he is so underrated as a play caller. I don't disagree. And I think that he has a real shot to win coach of the year because I think he's a master, especially in the run game, calling run plays. Tyler Algier. I mean, this guy is a fifth round pick. I like Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. but again, he's not a not a burner whatsoever. I think. In any other scheme, not I'm not gonna say any other scheme. Maybe San Francisco could get Algier like a very productive season, but they got this guy a thousand yards last year. Yeah. If they can do that with Tyler Algier, think about what they're gonna do with Bijan Robinson. Because they didn't draft Bijan Robinson eighth overall to go 50-50 times share with Tyler Algier. Right. Algier will be a nice, you know, he'll get a few carries a game. If Bijan happens to miss time, he'll be a vulture. He'll be a big yeah, touchdown vulture. He could. And if the Bijan misses time, Dalgier will step in nicely and do, you know, he'll, he'll be serviceable for sure. But this is going to be an elite rushing attack. You know, Kayla McGarry, Jake Matthews, they drafted Matt Bergeron in the second round. Very excited for that. He's a, um, and you know, it's, it's not a deep wide receiver core whatsoever. Maybe one of the thinnest in the league, but Drake London, very encouraging rookie year. Kyle Pitts, I mean, people, you know, are frustrated with him because of how high he was drafted and the expectations and whatnot. But still, like, this guy still had a thousand yards as rookie season as a tight end. Well, like, that's and I was, what I was going to say, too, if, if you want. Like, they also brought in Johnny Smith, who yeah. thrived with Arthur Smith. And I would imagine this means that we'll be seeing more two, that, two tight end sets, which means that we'll get to see Pitts maybe a bit more, maybe towards the sideline, which would be fun. Yeah, I, I think we could see. 12 personnel a lot with two tight ends we could see i think we could see 21 personnel with two running backs on the field which doesn't really happen in today's Why not? nfl Why not? like they they could do all different times types of look i've been a vocal supporter of desmond ritter uh you know he didn't put anything spectacular on the field in his limited opportunities last year but this guy was a winner at cincinnati i think he could play conservative football and manage the game properly if you will i know that's kind of an overused term but i think he could fit that mold perfectly we've seen plenty of quote-unquote game manager quarterbacks have very success lead very successful winning teams you think of alex smith with the chiefs they had 11 12 year 11 excuse me 11 12 win seasons um going back to arthur smith uh, in like 2019 and like 20 like years with ryan Tannehill. And the Titans were very successful. So the the formula is there. And especially, I didn't even get to the defensive additions yet, which I'm I'm very, very pleased with. Jesse Bates, yeah. huge, huge signing that I still feel like goes super under the radar. Uh, great playmaker. Clays Campbell, I mean, he's 36. He's, he's not going to give you double-digit sacks most likely, but I think he's that type of leadership that they need on that defense, yeah. right? Still have Grady Jarrett. 
all like all pro caliber type of player. Uh, they bring in David Anyamata. Uh, I don't know if they did they have him last year. Uh, I believe they just got him from the Saints, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. I, I forgot if they had him last year or not. But anyway, bring in Bud Dupree, who, when healthy, can be effective. Um, picked up the fifth year option to AJ Terrell, who had an all pro, I think he was all pro in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. You know, slight down yeah. year last year, but still, he's still a talented young corner. I mean, Jeff Okuda, who knows what he could bring to the table if he's healthy. I know he's had a lot of health issues, but I think the pieces are there on defense too. And especially if they're if they're controlling the pace on offense with this run game, they can impose their will and impose their style of play on other teams. And it's a weak division, probably the weakest in football. Uh, and it's a weak conference too. Like, yes, you have the Eagles, but like who... I get the 49ers there. They made back-to-back NFC championship games, but they literally could have Sam Darnold being their starting quarterback for a portion of the season. Brock yeah. Purdy had a major injury. Trey Lance, we don't know what he's going to be. I think it's there for the taking. And outside of them, like anyone could step up. The opportunity is there for them to do it. Yeah. I think that there's second favorites to win the NFC South. I think at plus 280. So a little bit in front of the Panthers, but I think that the Falcons at plus 280 to win the South is like a great value. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be betting. I haven't in a big division winner parlay right now. That's mm-hmm. kind of just like a, put a, put like a dollar on it and see what happens kind of thing. But I might just do that like straight up. Um, Cause I really believe in it. And I believe in this team. I really think that they were, I think things went very wrong for them last year. They still won seven games. And I think they made a lot of additions to get better. So I think nine is the floor. I think they're going to win 10, 11 and get the second seed in a, in a vulnerable conference. I know that was kind of a long spiel, but go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, no, I mean, I, your, your rationale behind it makes a ton of sense. I'm also uh, an Arthur Smith supporter. Did I sell you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw, I, I, I keep getting caught up at the second overall seed point. I like everything up until then. I'm like, yeah, completely. Cause like I, I'm a big Arthur Smith supporter still. I I think he's a little odd sometimes, but you can't argue. Oh yeah. He, he, he's whiny for sure. I, I, I I feel like he complains every single call. Yeah, for sure. He's an interesting one, but also like the, like those, those Tennessee years for him were so crazy and like, it really just like crazy in terms of like how good it was. So like, it really just comes down to having the right personnel for it now which I think he finally does. Um, so that definitely helps. Like you said, I, I like the defensive additions a lot. Um, we'll have to see if like all those guys can get on the same page at the same time. That That's what will be interesting, but we'll find that out right away pretty much. Um, yeah, the only – I really just get caught up at the two seed because, I mean, I, I think like the Eagles are definitely up there. I think the Niners – it's interesting with the Niners because I – because I'm still somewhat of a Trey Lance supporter, but even with Darnold, I almost still think that they're that, that they're still a better team than the Falcons. Um, and then Seahawks, I, I think could still like the Seahawks. I think are going to be very good. And then Dallas too. As much as I don't like to say it, I think Dallas is another team that's going to be fighting for those. But oh, they can't even they can't be the two seed though. I'm stupid. Yeah. If the Eagles are yeah. the one, but yeah, but those those are all teams that I think could potentially be up there depending on how it all shakes out. But so that's. That's where I get a little hung up with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds crazy, 
right? Like it, you, you see, you look at a no. playoff bracket in your head. You don't, you don't see the Falcons as two, no, it right? It doesn't. It does. Up. It doesn't really compute, right? But if they win their division, which clearly, if this is if this were to happen, they would. I, I think it's a toss up between them and whoever wins the NFC North, which you can go a lot of different ways there. Yeah. Um, say they win, you know, 10 wins would be pretty tough to be the second seed. That would be very, what's to say they have to get to 11, right? They're 11 and six. The NFC North winner is 10 and seven. And again, I mean, I, I, I think the 49ers are gonna be a good team. I don't want to say that. I don't want to like be on record of being the anti 49ers guy. Yeah, because we've played that game like with Kyle Shanahan. Remember to. last year, we've we were saying how he was game. overrated yeah. and whatnot. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going back to that. I'm not being no, that guy anymore. anymore. We can't do. No, that. I'm definitely not. But again, there's some quarterback issues. The rest of their team is stacked and deep. But I don't know. I think it could be a dogfight with between them and Seattle, and then whoever comes on top of that could have 11 wins tied with Atlanta, and you know how tiebreakers work. So it, it, I don't think it's inconceivable for that to happen. I know it's it does yeah. it. It sounds a little weird at first, but if you think yeah, about it, it you, your rationale is good. I, this Falcons sound like a team that you'll be betting on a good amount this year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to see how the the season goes game by game, but at least mm-hmm. to start off the year with some futures, I, I I'm I'll be a little bit invested. So yeah, I'll I'll probably do it with the Panthers too, then just so we can really put put the money on the table for it. Um, yeah, how about how about maybe we can uh, leave the sports. We can we can leave the sports book out of it. They take enough of our yeah. money anyway, so we'll we can just wager between between the fellows. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say I'd say we stick it to the man and not let the sports Vegas get any richer than they already are. Yeah, so. That's a good point. Yeah, because we'll because we'll both do that, and then like the the Saints will finish like twelve and five or something. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. Yeah. Know. We got to we got to um, send that we got to send that portion of the podcast to Josh because he's got to yeah, I'm sure he's like, going to love the Falcons pep talk there. So well, if we want to if we want to get into it, it like this, I mean, that I would say out of the four, like I I don't think this one's that bold, but I just think in terms of how big of like a thing this is, I, I think it's a good bold take to have. Um, so I think the Dunn and Drew podcast w- would be very happy to hear this one. OK. Um, I think this is a take that's probably going to, you know, pick up some steam. So I'm saying it now because I have already put money on it now because I think that number is only going to decrease. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence will be this year's most valuable player. That is my that, that is my final prediction of the evening. Wow. What are the I'm um, sure you have the odds there in front of you. Yeah, I do. He's plus are. he's plus sixteen hundred right now, um, which puts him technically with like guys who have the same values right now. I believe he's like sixth or seventh. But in terms of like, if you go on Fanduel, he's one, two, three, four, five. He's eighth on on the list, but he's tied with like Rogers, Dak, and Tua at sixteen hundred. Okay, interesting. Because like, any guess what he has on DraftKings? Ooh, uh, maybe a little. I'm gonna say two thousand on DraftKings. Nope, he's tied for fifth at fourteen hundred. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah, so it, it's it's starting to pick up steam already. So like I said, like. On paper, it's not a bold take, but just because, like we talked about earlier, how many good quarterbacks there are, it's definitely still bold to pick one out of the bunch here. Um, but I'll, 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 oh wait, I guess you can go rating first, and then I'll give reasoning. Yeah, it's uh, it's not often. I don't, I don't even remember the last time this really happened. If maybe with Rodgers with back-to-back MVPs, but even then, probably not. But like, where the preseason favorite actually ends up being MVP and that's Mahomes. Yeah. So 
And it's probably not going to be a guy with a super, super long shot. Like, that doesn't happen very often either. So it's a, it's a guy, right, probably usually in the middle. So it's, it's tough because it can be definitely a wide variety of quarterbacks. Correct. And I say quarterbacks because, again, I mean, it's, a it's really – it's, it's hard to envision, you know. I mean, it would have to be a super down year for these quarterbacks, which is highly unlikely with how many talented guys there are. And a running back or – I don't even want to say receiver because I mean, receiver, I, but, the, but then it would go back to the quarterback. So it's like, right. Yeah. So like a running back would have to have like 2,100 yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And even then, like we've seen Eckler have Eckler's had 20 touchdowns back to back seasons mm-hmm. and hasn't even, I don't think he's made all pro teams. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy. So um, yeah, Trevor, I mean, to give a number, I'd say like six, just because yeah. that range of guys, is where I see it happening. It from. Yeah. But you know, it's to pick one out of the group is tough because it could be one of eight people probably. So, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I more wanted to get this takeoff just because of how bullish I'm probably going to be on the Jags this year, which I like, I don't think that's like a bold take. I think, I think a lot of people are going to be pretty bullish on them, but just to go into some reasoning one, it would like, oh. you could, you could see, difference between being coached by, by by urban meyer going into being coached by doug peterson in terms of lawrence and i think people for some reason tried to write him off even after what was that like absolute you know what show uh in jacksonville like there's no words to describe what what went on there with some of the stories that came out um so you bring in an actual like competent head coach and not only a competent head coach but someone who has a very proven track record of being able to uh, figure out quarterbacks um, we saw it with Carson Wentz. We even saw it with Nick Foles somehow. Uh, shout out to that again. That always, I mean, what a world. Um, but this is a guy who who knows his quarterbacks, and we're going into the second year. Second year with the Eagles, with Dougie P, was also in Carson Wentz, uh, was an MVP candidate, probably would have been MVP uh, before the injury. Um, so there, there's a little bit of a track record there and a little maybe, you know, maybe a theme, maybe a theme forming. Um, outside of that, it's also just like the talent of Lawrence alone. We saw it this year. Um, it got a lot more consistent as the year went on. Saw the insane comeback against the Chargers in the playoffs. It started off really bad, but then you saw that other side of him that kind of gets you excited for the future in terms of like a big game, no matter how down you are, like he still got that in him to like come back no matter what. So that's very promising. And then just in terms of the team as a whole, cause he's not going to be able to do this himself. Um, you still have Travis Etienne. You draft Hank Bigsby. What I I think that's going to be a very nice one-two punch. Christian Kirk is a great receiver. I think ideally he's probably still a wide receiver too. So guess what you do? You bring in Calvin Ridley, um, a guy who I will probably be targeting pretty heavy heavily in fantasy this year. Um, just you know, just a little sneak peek for the season. Um, so I like that. Uh, you still have Zay Jones, who became a, a very strong receiver, um, kind of out of nowhere. So he's a solid three now. Evan Ingram, talk about a resurgence. Like I, I feel like Peterson really found a way to bring the absolute best out of these guys, and I, I don't see how he doesn't continue to do that. Really, um, but yeah, just I, the, he really excites me. I think especially in this division where he's going to be going up against uh, three as of like we're looking on paper now, three lesser teams probably. Um, there's definitely some room to kind of beat up on some guys and you know pad the stats a little if they choose to do so. Um, but more than anything, I, I think Lawrence just the potential is absolutely through the roof. Uh, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks 
kind of really figure it out, uh, like second, third year a little bit. And I, I think it's going to happen with him. So I think the situation plus the player works out perfectly for it. So. Yeah, it's uh, you said it best yourself. Just the the stark contrast <laughs> between Urban Meyer and Doug Peterson. It's literally like having the someone someone with the emotional maturity of a toddler mm-hmm. going to like actually having a competent adult in the room. Yeah, and that's literally all you need for Trevor Lawrence. This is a guy yeah, that, that was it. It was has it. the most. This this guy is probably I don't know one of the. I'm not even say one of the most, probably the most talented and best prospects we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Yeah, they, like I know, I know people are, are prisoner of the moment are going to be thinking about Caleb Williams and all that hype over the next, you know, nine, 10 months up until the draft next year. But like Trevor Lawrence is the guy that like people have been talking, like mm. he, he's the Andrew luck and yeah, like he's right up there with these types of prospects. And he, yeah, like he has that talent. Out. They always try to throw out like the best QB prospect since Luck, but I think like it, like th- this is obviously even more bold. But it, it like like I almost think that that take is going to transform into this is like the best QB prospect like since Lawrence down the road. Like I I don't get how like he he's been like perfect his whole like career leading into this, and now finally with like you said an adult in the room. I like I I don't see a situation in which it doesn't continue to ascend. I don't I don't see a way. Right. And I mean, it's coaches, you know, they can be one of either of these two, or if they have both, then it's you, that's where you get to the elite. But, you know, coaches can be X, X and X's and O's guys. They can be rah-rah players, coaches type of guys. And when they, when they blend together where, where I think Doug Peterson is, I, uh, that's when you get truly special coaches that, have longevity and have prolonged success. And, uh, yeah, I, I think if you're in Jacksonville, like you have to be absolutely ecstatic and you shouldn't take that for granted. And luckily for your case, if, if it goes the way that I'm thinking it will, and it seems like you do as well, um, it's just the beginning. So, yeah. And, and like I said, from a betting perspective, I, I really like truly feel like the number it's at now is like the highest it's going to be at any point during the year. So if you want to get yeah. in on it, you should get in on it pretty soon because I like I, I think they're gonna come out blazing pretty 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 quickly. Yeah, everything's lining up. You know, division where it's kind of in flux. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it could be yours for the next decade if if you play your cards right, and uh, so yeah. far they are. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll I'll never forget that feeling. I I'm not a Jags fan, obviously, but I. I bet the I bet them at fourteen to one money line at halftime of that game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people might have. I like that. I, I did. I, I put five bucks a, on it. It was such a perfect storm of things because it was like one. It was the Chargers charging. Like it, it is like it, it's like yeah. a joked about thing already. So people are already thinking about it. And you look on the sidelines, like it's Trevor Lawrence and like a Dougie P who like just keeps proving that he knows how to coach in playoff games. Like he does it every, like every single time he gets a chance. Like he just does it. So it. It was a perfect storm, and it actually worked. It was one of the more fun games I've watched in in, in, a, in a while. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I had I had the balls to actually follow through with it though. You know, I, I did it, but I think I, I did it a little later than I got it a little less than that. I think, but I still got it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I 
I could have seen myself like looking at it and be like, eh, I don't know, like, yeah, it's not going to happen. But then I actually did it. I'm like, you know, let's just put five on it. Who cares? So, yeah, good times. Oh, man. I can't wait for football. Football is. Yeah, that got me pumped up. Let's see how many days away we are. Still too many, unfortunately. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks in one day. That's seventy-eight wow. days from the from the uh, Lions taking on the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Let's keep it as weeks. Eleven weeks sounds a lot shorter than than seventy-eight days does. Okay. Yeah. So I hope this uh, was an enjoyable episode for you guys, Hogline Nation. Um, and you know, hopefully, maybe it holds you over for a little bit. Um, we'll be coming out with you know, we'll get back in the saddle with our Jeopardy, closing out that season. Um and the and the playoffs, pretty sure Shreff and Frankie will be qualifying for that. I hope so. Um, and yeah, and then before you know it, we'll be in training camp, we'll be in preseason, and uh, we'll be here. Don't worry, it'll come. We got we got some things to look forward to. Um, so just just be patient. I know that's it's easier said than done, but we'll we'll get there together. Yes, we will. All right. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Love, love recording. I, I, I've missed it over the past month. You know, it, it hasn't really worked out with the schedule, but um, something that we love to do. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time in another episode. If you have any ideas that you want us to do, and if you want to come on the show, we're always welcome to guests uh, and new ideas. So um, yeah. Always uh, contact us if you if you think of anything. So we're always we're always welcome. All right, folks. Thanks for joining, uh, Shref. Any closing remarks before we sign off today? Uh, like I said, the, all this did was just get me even more excited for the season. So um, I'm excited for the season and also for our recording to start ramping up again as we get closer to the season. So all good things coming. Absolutely. All right, folks. Enjoy your week.